Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Hello, welcome and welcome back. Shabbat Shalom. I hope all is well with you. I hope you're enjoying your day and all is well. Right now, I don't have any announcements. Uh, not that I could think of off the top of my head. But um, hmm, trying to think. Um, I don't think I have any. So we just going to move forward with this lesson. As you know, we are continuing with 2 Shemuel or 2nd Shemuel slash 2nd Samuel. And we are now on um, chapter 16, 17, and 18. So those, uh, I say outlines, but I'm reading the whole thing. Usually I cliff note it and do an outline, but we're not doing it. But I sometimes I say outline. So I'll just call it an outline, even though it's I'm just reading it full in. Simply because you need to know what the first kings were doing. And you also need to understand that they didn't listen to the most high. This is why we're in the position that we're in. It's all about adherence. It's all about sub, um, subordination. It's all about trust, faith, love. If we had all of that to the most high, we wouldn't be in this mess. So that's what all of this is about. So now that you know that, I will give you the highlights of 2 Samuel slash Samuel chapter 16, and then we're just going to read it out. Remember, like last week, we were on um, David's sons and all the nonsense they was doing in the house because David was cursed by the Most High. You know, there's going to be the sword in the house because David transgressed the law of the Most High. When you don't listen to the law, statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High children of Israel... You're going to get what you get. And we already know that David is someone of integrity. But even those of integrity are still fleshly on this earth. When you don't know who you are and who you belong to, and even though David knew who he was, he knew who he belonged to, but sin was still in the world. Because if sin wasn't in the world and he turned from focusing on the most high for five seconds, that's when he fell into the pit of wickedness if we don't stay full and these are the lessons that's going to teach us to stay full at all times that's what um yeshua says in the new testament stay full you know make sure you guard yourself against the thief and david didn't do that and once that little seed was planted all all everything just flourished into this wickedness and then the most high said okay now you acting you acting up and you showing your behind and you being fleshly I'm going to curse you. And he did. So now we're seeing all this stuff in, unfurl in his house. And it's going to uh, be just negative from there. This is going to be bad from there. So let's just move forward. So let me just give you the highlights. 
So like I said, we're in chapter 16 and uh, verses one through four is Zeba uh, by presence and false suggestions obtains his master's inheritance. Um, uh, verses five through eight, um, Barinum Shimai curses David. Verses nine through 14, David with patience abstains and restrains others from revenge. Chat, um, verses 15 through 19, Hushai insinuates himself into Absalom's council. Um, verses 20 through 23, Ahithoel, Ahithophel. Ahithophel's council. Oof. Okay, so let's move forward. You know these names are not easy, honey. They are not easy. And I'm butchering them like I'm the barber of Seville. So forgive me because these, you know, sometimes it's a mouthful. So 2 Shemuel um, 16 in the Amplified Bible. Remember, this is just regular language. So, all right. Um, Zeba, a false servant. When King David was a little past the summit of the Mount of Olivet, behold, Zeba, the servant of Mahithoshef, met him with a team of saddled donkeys, and on them were 200 loaves of bread, and 100 clusters of raisins, and 100 summer fruits, and a jug of wine. The king, David, said to Zebo, why do you have these things? Zebo said, the donkeys are for the king's household, which is the family to ride on, the bread and the summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine is for anyone to drink who becomes weary in the wilderness. Then the king said, and where is your master's son, Mephithosheth? Zebo said to the king, behold, he remains in Jerusalem. For he said, today, the house of Yasharel will give me back the kingdom of my father. Then the king said to Ziba, who is King David, behold, everything that belonged to Mahiphosheth is now yours, Ziba said. I bow down in honor and gratitude. Let me find your favor in your sight. O my Lord, the king. David is cursed. The king who is David, came to Barunam, a man named Shimshai, the son of Gera, came out from there. He was of the family of Shaul's household, and he was cursing continually as he came. Oh, my. <laughs> the children of Israel, something else. As he came out, he threw stones at David, and at all the servants of King David, yet all the people and all the warriors remain at his right and on his left. This is what Shim Sh Shimmy said as he cursed David. Get out, get out, you man of bloodshed, you worthless and useless man. This is what the man is saying to David. The Most High has returned upon you all the bloodshed of the house of Shaul in whose place you have reigned. And the Most High has given the kingdom unto the hands of Absalom, your son. And behold, you are caught in your own evil, for you are a man of bloodshed. Then Abishai, David's nephew, the son of Zeruah, 
said to the king, why should this dead dog, this despicable person, curse my lord, the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But David said, King David, what business is, is this of yours, O sons of Zeruah? If Shimei is cursing because the Most High said to him, curse David, then who should say, why have you done so? Then David said to uh, Abishai and all his servants, look, my son Absalom, who came from my own body is seeking my life. Now, how much more reason now does this Benjamite have to curse me? Let him alone and let him curse, for it could be that the Most High has told him to do so. Perhaps the Most High will look at the wrong done to me by Shim Shimmy if he is acting of his own accord. And in that case, perhaps the Most High will this day return good to me in place of his cursing. So David and his men went on the road and Shimmy went along on the roadside close to David and cursed as he went and threw stones. You see the children of Israel? They something else, honey. And he threw dust at him. And the king and all the people who were with him arrived at the river, at the river Jordan, weary, and he refreshed himself there. Absalom enters, enters Jerusalem. Then Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, entered Jerusalem. And Ahithophel with him. Now it happened that Hushai, the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom. Hushai said to him, long live the king, long live the king. Absalom said to Hushai, is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? Hushai said to Absalom, no, for whomever the most high and his people and all the men of Yasharel have chosen as king, I will be his and I will remain with him. Besides whom shall I serve? Shall I not serve in the presence of David's son? As I have served in your father's presence, so I shall serve in your presence. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, give me your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, go into your father's concubine. Listen, listen, listen. And then I have some commentary. Go into your father's concubines whom he has left behind to take care of the house. Then all Yasharel will hear that you have made yourself odious to your father. Now, let me tell you this. Part of the most high's curse is that... Um, David is going to have a sword in his house. That means division in the house. And he said, your concubine, um, you went and you had sex with a woman um, on a down low. I'm just saying a regular language. You had sex with a woman on a down low that wasn't your wife. That was somebody else's wife. Now somebody's going to have sex with all your wives out in the open. Yeah, that's what the most high said. And guess what's happening right now? His own son is getting ready to do it. Slap David in the face. And when his son does do that, he will be um, committing um, 
a transgression of the law because a part of the 613 laws and the 10, well, not the 10 commandments, but a part of the 613 laws is not to have sex with people that are not your wives. Don't take nobody else's wife. Don't look at another, another man's skirt. I told you. Now David did it and now it's coming back to him. The law is sowing and reaping and an eye for eye. That's exactly what's happening. Anyway, then the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened by your boldness and audacity. So they pitched a tent for Absalom. And this is all these men running to Absalom, who is David's son. And David could have avoided all of this if he would have just had an audience with Absalom. They could have talked this out. This is how important communication is. It's very important, even today. Nobody's a mind reader. I don't care how much AI is trying to read minds. <laughs> Nobody's a mind reader. We all have things on our minds and our hearts that we should be communicating to whoever it is that we have this bitterness towards or whatever else. And we need to get this stuff out in the open so we don't have to walk around like that. Just saying. And read it again. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened by your boldness and audacity. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof of the king's palace. Now, you know, they are at the king's palace while um, uh, King David then fled off with his uh, group of people. And Absalom went into his father's concubines. I need you to understand what's being said. Absalom has sex with 10 of his father's concubines in front of everybody. Did not the most high said that's what's going to happen to, um, to David. Oh, you're going to transgress my laws knowing full well that you are somebody who usually keeps the laws. Now, all of a sudden lust is taking you over so much. So that you got to steal another man's wife. First of all, you looking at her naked. Then you stealing her. Then you having sex with her. Then you had a baby by her. You sent her back home. And then you tried to um, get her husband to go back home. So you could disguise and say that he made the baby. But when he didn't go back home, you had him killed. Uh-huh. So the most I said, oh, no, we're not going to play them kind of games. The law of sowing and reaping, which is in the New Testament, is the same as an eye for eye. And that's exactly what's happening right now. The advice of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was if a man had consulted with the word of the Most High. That is how all Ahithophel's counsel was regarded by both David and Absalom. So this man, Ahithophel, was so regarded by the children of Israel that the stuff that he said to Absalom came from the Most High. Okay? So now we are on chapter 17. Uh, um, and we and here's the highlights. Hold on. Ahith, oh, um, verses 1 through 14, Ahithophel's council is overthrown by Hushai, according to the Most High's appointment, uh, 15 through 22, secret intelligence is sent unto David, uh, 23 through 24, Ahithophel hangs himself, 25 and 26, Amasa is made captain, uh, verses 27 through 29, David and Mahamim is furnished with provisions. Hushai's counsel. Then Ahithophel said to Absalom, please let me choose 12,000 men and I will set out and pursue David tonight. You see how he's trying to kill David? Let me just tell you this. 
I don't care. The, mo the most high will use whatever he needs to use to reprimand his children. If he's going to use a heathen, which he has done by the fourth kingdom, by the way, if he's going to use a heathen to reprimand the children of Israel, that's what he's going to do. And then he's going to reprimand that heathen for abusing his kids. Oh, yes. That's all in weed in and out of that, um, that Bible they call all the scriptures in the Bible, all the scriptures out the Bible, all over. Mm-hmm. All right. By the prophets, the most high said he's going to get all those people that did that. But he does use the heathen and the devil to rebuke um, his children. Yes, he does. But they run amok. Okay. So um, I will continue. I will strike while he is weary. This is Ahithophel telling Absalom about what he's going to do to David. And exhaust it and terrify him. And all the people with him will flee in terror. Then I will attack the King David alone. And I will bring all the people who follow David back to you. To return. The return of everyone depends on the death of the man you are seeking. Which is David, his father. Then all the people will be at peace. And accept you, Absalom, as king. So the plan pleased Absalom and all the elders of Yasharel. Nevertheless, Absalom said, now call Hushai the archite also and let us hear what he has to say. Then Hushai came to Absalom. Absalom said to him, Ahithophel was advised, has advised this plan of action. Should we, hold on. Do what he says. If not, you speak and explain why not. And Hushai said to Absalom, Ahithophel has not given you good advice this time. And Hushai said, you know your father and his men, that they are brave men and they are enraged and fierce like a bear deprived of her cubs in the field. Your father is a shrewd man of war. And it's the truth. And will not spend the night with the people knowing that you seek his life. Behold, he has hidden himself even now in one of the ravines or in another place. And when some of your troops fall at the first attack, whoever hears about it will say, there has been a defeat among the people who follow Absalom. And even the one who is brave, whose heart is like the heart of a lion will completely lose heart and melt away. For all Yasharel knows your father is a mighty man and that those who are with him are brave men. But I advise that all the men of Yasharel be summoned to you from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, like the sand that is by the sea in abundance, and that you personally go into battle. So now they fighting one another, the father and the son. Now there's some people that's for the father. They already know he's a mighty man of Allah. He's a king. He's a shrewd man. He's all that stuff. But he didn't want to reprimand his son. And this is why we in the position we in right now at this point. Absalom being angry at his father, defy his father in every way when i say every way every way to get his father to do something do something dad do something okay so there's people for absalom and then there's people for david so now i'm on verse 12 so shall we come upon david in one of the places where he can be found and we will fall on him as the dew falls unseen and unheard 
on the ground and of him and all of the men who are with him, not even one will be left. If he retreats into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to the city and we will drag it into the ravine until not even a pebble of it will be found there. Then Absalom and all the men of Yasharel said, Yasharel, Israel, same thing. Um, the advice of Hushai, the archite, is better than that of Ahithophel. For the Most High has ordained to thwart the good advice of Ahithophel so that the Most High could bring disaster upon Absalom. Hushai's warning saves David. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abathar, the priests, this is the advice of Ahithophel gave to Absalom and the elders of Yasharel, and this is the advice that I have given. So he went back and told David everything that happened. Now then, send word quickly and tell David, do not spend the night in the fords on the west side of the yarding in the wilderness, but by all means cross over to the east side of the river yarding, or else the king and all the people with him will be destroyed if Ahithophel is allowed by Absalom to lead the attack. Now, Jonathan and Ahimaz, the priest's sons, were staying at Enrogel, and a maidservant appearing to go for water would go and tell them what has happening what was happening excuse me and they will go secretly and inform king david for they would not allow themselves to be seen coming into the city of jerusalem but a boy saw them and told absalom you see oh my you don't know who's with who so a boy saw them and told absalom of the two men left quickly and came to the house of the man of barinium who had a well of his court in his courtyard and with his permission, they went down into it. And the woman of the house took a covering and spread it over the mouth of the well and scattered grain on it. So nothing was discovered. Then Absalom's service came to the woman at the house and asked, Where there Asamas? Where are Asamas and uh, Jonathan? And the woman said to them, They are crossed over the brook. Then they searched and couldn't find them. They returned to Jerusalem. After they left, Jonathan and Ahis, Ahimaz came out of the well and they went and informed King David and said to David, arise and across over the Jordan River quickly for Ahithophel has advised an attack against you. Then David and all the people who were with him departed and crossed over the Jordan by daybreak. Not even one was left who had crossed the yarding. Now, when Ahithophel saw that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey and set out and went on and went to his home, to his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself. So he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Then David came to Haraniam, and Absalom crossed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Yasharel with him. Absalom had put Amasa in command of the army instead of Joab. And Hamasa was the son of a man named Ithra, the Israelite. 
who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nashus, the half-sister of David, and the sister of Zeruah, Joab's mother. Mm, try to figure that one out. So Yasharel and excuse me, so Israel and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahimiam, Shabai, the son of Nashus, from Rabbah of the Amorites or Ammonites, and Mashia, the son of Amiel from Lodibar, <laughs> and Barilizai, the Gileadite from Rogelim, brought beds, basins, pottery, wheat, barley, flour, roasted grain, broad beans, lentils, and other roasted grain, honey, cream, sheep, and cheese of the herd for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. This is a nonsense. It said, you see what happens when you don't start talking? It's a lot of stuff that's happening. David should have never have sinned, never transgressed the law, and slapped the most high in the face. Then David wouldn't be going through this with his son. And his son turned around and was really, really a wicked son to him. And now they fight him. The nonsense of it all. Now here's the highlights of chapter 18. One through five, David, um, viewing the armies in their march, gives them charge of Absalom. Six through eight, um, the Israelites are sorely smitten in the wood of Ephraim. Nine through 17, Absalom hanging in an oak is slain by Joab and cast into a pit. Um, 18 is Absalom's um, place. Uh, 19 through 32. Amahaz um, and Cushai bring tidings to David. And 33, David mourns for Absalom. David could have uh, avoided all of this if he would have stayed in the will of the Most High, period. The root is stay in the will of the Most High. But even if you didn't stay in the will of the Most High, having a conversation with Absalom, which is what he wanted, he didn't do either. Because he don't know how to rule his own house, but he know how to rule everybody else. This is this is how the children of um, Israel are. They always got a word, advice, all this stuff for other people, and they can't control their own house. Go sit down. Go sit down. Sure. Anyway, I'm on the last... Um, chapter and it's chapter 18 in the amplified absalom's death david numbered the men who were with him and set over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds then david sent the army out a third under the command of joab a third under abishai the son of zeruah joab's brother and a third under the command of ittai the gittite and the king david said to them men I myself will certainly go out to fight with you. But the men said, you should not go out to battle with us. For if in fact we retreat, they will not care about us. Even if half of us die, they shall not care about us. But you are worth 10,000 of us. So now it's better that you are, you be ready to help us from the city. Then the king said to them, I will do whatever seems best to you so david stood beside the gate you see how they love david
And all the army went out in groups of hundreds and in groups of thousands. And King David commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, deal gently with the young man, Absalom. See, he still loves Absalom, but he couldn't face Absalom himself. Is that not said in cowardice of a man and his own child when you don't want to reprimand your child? The nonsense. Let me tell you, I'm going to say it again. Verse five, the king David commanded that Joab um, and Abishai and Ittai saying, deal gently with Absalom for my sake. Now they at war. How are you dealing gently with somebody when they ready to kill you? The nonsense of it all. Anyway. And all the men heard when the king gave orders to all the commanders about Absalom. So they want to, they, um, David wants everybody to handle Absalom with kid gloves. If you know what that means, you know what I'm talking about. If for those people who don't know what I mean, oh, woo, woo, woo him. Okay. Don't do nothing to him. Kill all the rest of the people. That's what he means. Verse six. So the men went out in the field against Israel and the battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim. The men of Israel who supported Absalom were defeated there by the men of David and a great slaughter took place. You see the nonsense? These are all children of Israel fighting among themselves. I already told you. Even today, you can't get five in the room with them without they act to go upside each other's head and be nasty, but they won't do that with nobody else. The nonsense. Now, where does that come from? It comes from the curses of Deuteronomy. Back to what I was saying. There were that day uh, 20,000 men for the battle there was spread out over the surface of the entire countryside and the hazards of the forest devoured more men that day than did the sword. So um, whatever was in the countryside was tearing the men up. Who knows? Who knows? Now, Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom was riding on his mule and the mule went under a thick branch of a massive tree. And Absalom's head was caught in the thick branches of the tree. And he was left hanging in midair between the heaven and earth while a mule had gone under and kept going. So what happened to Absalom? In regular English, he was hanged by a tree. See the most high don't play them kind of games. Mm -hmm. Verse 10, a certain man saw it and informed Joab saying, I saw Absalom hanging in a tree. Absol uh, Joab said to the man who informed him, you saw him? Why then did you not strike him where there to the ground? You hear what Joab is saying? Joab. Joab is really Joab, but anyway, you see what Joab is saying to the man, why you didn't strike him when David said, don't strike him. Uh -huh. You see how everybody's doing whatever they want to. So again, verse 11, Joab is saying to the man who told him that he saw Absalom in the tree. So you saw him. Why didn't you strike him down to the ground? I would have given you 10 pieces of silver and a belt. You hear this? The man told Joab, even if I were to feel the weight of a thousand pieces of silver in my hands, I would not put my hands against the king's son. Now, this man got some sense. For we all heard the king command you, Abishai and Ittai saying, protect the young man, Absalom, for my sake. Yeah, this man got some sense. But Joab don't. 
Otherwise, if I had acted treacherously against Absalom's life, for nothing is hidden from the king, you yourself would have taken sides against me. Joab said, I will not waste time with you. See, he knew he was wrong. So he said, he gonna, I ain't going to waste time with you. Knowing damn well that he was wrong. So Joab took three spears in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom. You see this? Nonsense. He's supposed to be um, David's right-hand man. David told him specifically, do not kill my son. Put my son aside. We're going to have this war. Do not kill my son. What did Joab do? Take it upon himself to kill his son. Is this not a child of Israel? Yes, it is. This is what we do to one another. This has been happening since day one killing each other, fighting on each other, somebody else's ice is cold. And no, I'm not buying from your business. I'm going to buy from the business over here. Oh, yes. We've been doing this to our, one another and ourselves forever. Mm, That's why the most I say he's going to weed out the rebels, hunty. Back to what I was saying. So like I said, Joab said, I will not waste my time with you. For he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive and caught in the midst of the tree. Then 10 young men, Joab's armor bearers, surrounded and struck Absalom and killed him. They mean they finished him off because after you stabbed in the heart, honey, you dying. So they just went and just started stabbing him up. Then Joab blew the trumpet to signal the end of combat and the men returned from pursuing Israel for Joab held them back. They took down the body of Absalom and threw him in the deep pit in the forest. Uh-huh. And set up a huge mound of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, everyone to his own tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up for himself a memorial pillar, which is in the King's Valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He named the memorial pillar after himself. And to this day, it is called Absalom's Monument. Mm -hmm. David is grief-stricken. David, take your tiny violins and your crocodile tears and go sit down somewhere. That's what you need to be doing, David, because you want to go sit on your behind and you don't want to do nothing. You want to be a laissez-faire father. Good king, but laissez-faire father. Don't want to do nothing. You don't want to make a decision. You don't want to reprimand nobody. You don't want to do nothing. So the most high got something for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, said, let me run and bring the king the news that the most high has vindicated him by rescuing him from the power of his enemies. Mm-hmm. But Joab told him, you are not the man to carry the news to King David today, but you shall carry news another day. On this day, you should carry no news because the king's son is dead. So Joab said to the Cushite, who was an Ethiopian, go tell the king what you've seen. So he sent somebody else. And the Cushite bowed to Joab and ran. Then Ahimeaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, but whatever happens, please let me run after the Cushite. Joab said, why should you run, my son, seeing that you will have no messenger's reward for going because you have only bad news, but whatever happens, let him run. So Joab said to him, run. And Ahamaz, you know, I can't pronounce his name. Ahamaz, 
ran by the way of the plain of the River Jordan and outran the child. He outran the Kushite. I already told you, the most high said, you smarter, you beautiful, you more beautiful than everybody, you're more powerful, you faster, all of that. He outran the Kushite. Now, David was sitting between the two gates and the outlook went up to the roof of the gate by the wall. And when he raised his eyes and looked, he saw a man running alone. The lookout called down and told the king and the king said, if he is alone, he has good news to tell. Oh, my. And he came nearer and nearer. So, um. Yasharel, one of the children of Yasharel was running, honey, like his pants was on fire. He outran the Cushite. Okay. Then the lookout saw another man running and he called the gatekeeper and said, Look, another man is running alone. The king said, He also is bringing good news. The lookout said, said I think the man in front runs like a hammock. Ahamias, the son of Zedok, and he was right. The king said he is a good man and is coming with good news. Hmm. Anyway, and Ahimaz called out and said to the king, all is well. Oh my. And he bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, blessed be the most high your El, who has handed over the men who lift up their hands to fight against my lord, the king. The king, who is David, is, the king said, who is David, is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimeaz answered, when Joab sent the king's servant and your servant, I saw a great turmoil, but I did not know what it was about. The king told him, step aside, stand here, oh my. And he stepped aside and stood still. Behold, the Cushite, who was the Ethiopian, arrived and said, let my lord, the king, receive good news. For the Most High has vindicated you today by rescuing you from the hand, which is the power of all who stood against you. King David asked the Cushite, is the young man Absalom, my son, safe? The Cushite replied, May the enemies of my Lord, the King, and all those who rise against you to do evil be dead like that young man is. So he basically told David that he's dead. The king was deeply moved and went to the upper room over the gate and wept in sorrow. And this is what he said as he walked. Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom. How I wish that I had died instead of you, O Absalom, my son. Now, I'm going to say this because this lesson is over, but I'm going to say this. Had David did his duties as a father, Absalom would not be dead. Whether um, his daughter Tamar got raped or not, if communication was in place, and they had a conversation, this stuff may not have occurred. I'm not saying the rape because wickedness came into the heart of Amnon toward his sister. So that right there is a seed of wickedness that grew, okay? If David would have saw that his son 
was hell bent on having the sister bring stuff to him in the bedroom and all this stuff, his common sense, which is um, critical thinking, because everybody has it, and his discernment would have stepped in, and that would have been that, because they knew at that time what the law, statutes, precepts, and commands was. 613 laws, um, 10 commandments. Okay, that was there before they was born. So why is it nobody saw that? A part of that was because David sinned. So since you're sinning, I'm going to send sin to you. That's what you want, David, by the most high? That's what you want? All right, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send what you, the eye for eye, what you did, going to come right back to you like a boomerang. Now I told you, I'm going to point out the sins that I know right off the top of my head. Because the children of Israel, that's all they was doing. Sinning left and right and right and left. All kinds of stuff. Even King David, who was a man of substance, a man of integrity, a man who knew his place, a man who knew who he was and who he belonged to. However, he was still an earthly man and still influenced by sin. Sin was in this world since Adam and Eve. And since it got there, there was a small seed of wickedness that was planted in Adam and it flourished for Israel. So there's nothing we can do about the sin that's on this earth. We got to listen to the most high. We have to follow his law, statutes, precepts, and commands. We got to use all the tools that he gave us. We have to love and respect our neighbors. We got to turn from our wicked ways and repent. Okay. In no particular order. We got to do what we need to do because this earth is wicked. The most high said, if you a friend of this world, you ain't a friend of his. Uh-huh. Come out of her. My people, how do you come out of her? By your thoughts and your actions. If that simple thought, oh, I'm going to look around my palace. Oh, what do I see? A naked woman who's somebody else's wife. He should have slapped himself then. He should have turned around from that roof and went on downstairs and had one of his concubines. That's what he should have did. But no, he had to lust after her and want her. Not only did I see her, oh, I need her. Who is that? Oh, she's somebody else's wife? Bring her to me anyway. Oh, and I'm going to get her pregnant. Yeah, the nonsense of it all. Even the best of us can get it. That's why the Most High said he's going to shorten the days. Because if he did not shorten the days, even the saints will go down in flames. Okay? It's bad enough. We are all swimming against the tide. Okay? Or the current, whatever you want to call it. We swimming against it and it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of force. It takes a lot of determination. It takes a lot of focus to swim against the current. Current, And you may not make it. That's how powerful it is. That's why the Most High gave his grace to us. Uh-huh. That's why he gave us his grace because we wouldn't be able to do it. It's too many forces against the fleshly being that is us. Now we are spiritual beings within this flesh, but while we in this flesh, we don't have no power against spiritual things. We don't. That's why we have to seek the most high, seek his face, seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness. Who's his righteousness? Yeshua. Who are we in Yeshua? We are the righteousness in the most high through Yeshua. That's how the most high sees us. He don't see no flesh, okay? Because the flesh is carnal and wicked. It's corruptible. Most High did all this stuff before the foundation of the world. I'm trying to tell you, even the best of us can sin and fall down. I did a lesson on saints and sinners. 
Okay. David was a saint, but he still was a sinner. So I hope that this, um, these three chapters in this um, Shabbat lesson edified you. I want you to think about what I said. I hope you have a good day with your family or if you're meditating or um, studying scriptures for your own good. Remember, if Yeshua walked itself down here, if it walked itself down here today, do you really believe that you you're gonna go with him? Do you really believe that you had have what is um what it takes to go? You did all those things that you needed to do. And I need you to think about that. Because we coming into some crazy times. Every time we wake up, it's something different and it's not good. So with that, I said that you uh I hope you enjoy your day and Shabbat Shalom and until next time. Hi. Trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliffnote, the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A, at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. to hear the word of truth from the Most High. But you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks. Don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed. And it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks. <laughs>